And welcome to On The Right Track, the podcast that talks business, digital marketing and recruitment without the jargon. We are simply people talking to people. I'm your host, Holly. And I'm your host, Kate. Whether you're a business owner looking for ways to grow and scale, a professional looking to share helpful tips and tricks with like-minded people, or simply looking for a safe space to share the wealth of knowledge, we believe that we're all on the right track in our own way. Join our tribe as we explore the hottest trends in the biz and give you exclusive insights into what it's really like behind the scenes. From the success stories to the horror stories, nothing will be left unturned. New episodes are available every Wednesday, 12.30 AEDT time on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and more. Got a question, comment or have a suggestion of what you want us to talk about next? You can submit your voice recordings, which we'll put directly into our episode, or you can leave your comment via our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search On The Right Track Podcast. And now for today's episode. Morning. Morning again. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. What's going on on your end? Lots is happening. I shouldn't say. Lots is happening. I feel like this week I've run a marathon, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to the weekend and soccer has finished so I don't have to get up early and yeah. run around to kids' sports. I can just have a leisurely weekend. So I'm actually looking forward to that. Thank God. Because every time you say, oh, yeah, I've had a good weekend, we went to soccer, we did this and we did that, and I'm like, girl, sit on your ass and do nothing. Yeah, yeah. And it's Father's Day here this weekend. So yeah, if anyone's listening, they're probably like, what? Huh? Because we do a whole heap of recording. But um, yeah, so it is Father's Day this weekend. But we can't do anything because I still have a child in isolation, thanks to a gift that keeps on giving Mr. COVID. So love it. I'm just looking forward to just a relaxing weekend. And I'm super, super excited because it's spring now and the weather is changing we've had a few days of warm weather I've even been wearing shorts this week so I'm excited is it spring there now yes what as of today it's the first of September it's spring wait is it fall now because I'm in Japan I'm in a different what is it time not time zone I'm in a different season yeah so summer's done and dusted for you you're going into fall and winter (laughs) ha ha I love it. No, no, no. Autumn is my absolute favourite. Yeah, no, the season will most likely begin in mid-September. So we still have mid-September to look forward to. Um, Why do you like autumn? Autumn's like depressing. No, it's the colours, the sweaters, the feel. It's not too cold yet. You can just wrap up in like a nice sweater and not be too hot or too cold um you can go out and enjoy the autumn leaves which has a very specific term oh i can't remember what it's called now in japanese but um oh it's just such a feeling it's 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 a look it's a look that's all i can say a look okay see i might like it for about a week because it's like oh yeah i get to wear jumpers and then i'm like yeah i'm done because now it means winter's coming well i guess in japan it's like today, for example, it's still got that horrid, humid feeling and 
hot. I went out for a walk for 10 minutes this morning and I tried a pair of jeans on for the first time in months. And I went outside. What happened? Sweated through my jeans. It looked like I peed my pants because it was so hot. And I was like, it was only 10 minutes. What's happening? But um, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And also my hair is a fluffy mess in the summer in Japan because it's so like every single day it's above 60% humidity even inside I hate it Ollie hates it everyone hates it Mm-mm. sorry I'm going off on one well see we're supposed to still have a wet spring but I'm fingers crossed we're gonna have a normal summer not a hot not no not a wet summer I want a hot summer because yeah I just want to go away on holidays and it not be raining and it just be hot and just hang out and yeah that's what I want but Kate, whenever you go on holiday, it always rains. Okay. I know. Yeah. I know. Guaranteed. As soon as we put that caravan on, it rains. So, <laughs> yeah. But hopefully this year they go, you know what? We It rained a lot. We're going to give them a break. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry, <laughs> Come January, I'll be on holidays going, <laughs> it's raining. I wonder why. <laughs> no bloody Christmas. Uh. <sighs> Yeah, but no. So it is. It's getting warmer. So I'm I'm really excited about that. Oh, no. You you have your heat. You can just take heat all year round. I'll take the cold any day. Yeah, and then I don't have to have the argument with the kids in the morning of wear tracksuit pants because they just want to wear shorts all year round. And I'm like, no, you've got to wear tracksuit pants. So today I said to Austin, you can wear shorts today. And he's like, yes. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> I'm the mum of the year because I said you can wear shorts. <laughs> Oh dear. But anyway, yeah, on the right track. What are we talking about today? Well, the past couple of weeks, because I do Kate's content, I have been on a bit of a rampage in terms of what not to do during an interview. And we, well, I looked at things to do as a candidate because obviously, when you think of an interview, you think how the candidate should act. But with quiet quitting and quiet firing being such a big old trend well it's always it's not always the candidate that's to blame for certain things you have to look internally at the problems that are going on in your organization so let's start at the bloody beginning let's Mm -hmm. see what the client is doing wrong in an interview because Mm -hmm. we all know well maybe some of us don't know because people are still acting the way that they are in organizations but Clients or organisations or employers seem to think they can get away with murder, having a bad onboarding process, having a bad interview behaviour and things like that. So I wanted to turn the tables a little bit and just say, hmm, what should you do as a candidate and what should you do as a client as well? So, yeah. What do you think about this, Kate? Oh, look, I think it's great. And I agree 100%. And I must admit, when I was doing my content the other day, I was like, didn't we talk about this? I'm like, oh, no, we're now talking about what to do. I'm like, okay, sweet, I'm on this. But I guess this all came about um, a few weeks ago. I had a candidate interview for a role, obviously, and they rang me after the interview and they were just gutted. They're like, that was really bad. And I'm like, why? What happened? And she was like, she obviously turned up on time or turned up early put a preparation in, did everything right. And the client was rude, aggressive, on the phone, walking in, walking out, like just 
all the bad things that you just shouldn't do. And like, I remember having a talk to you about it and I was just like, who does that? But it's, it's just, it got me thinking that people put in the effort to go to the interview. You need to show that respect. And yeah, I, I guess it's, yeah, sort of, shining the light on clients as well that it's not just candidates that stuff up interviews clients do as well and did you tell them how the candidate felt yeah I did and it was just I just got shut down that oh no no that's just that's just how it is that's just how the interview was and the client the candidate just needs to get a thicker skin and just needs to move on and I'm like well no like you came across very aggressive and very abrupt and it's just like, well, I'm in this position. And it was just, it's a really tricky one because there's obviously a bit of movement happening there in the senior leadership team. And it's, I don't know, it sort of felt a little bit like the person conducting the interview was sort of being the gatekeeper as if to say, well, you need to show me that you're, that you can handle this role. And yeah, that they're being the gatekeeper instead of some really lovely interviews that my candidates have been through where, it doesn't feel like an interview. It feels just like a really nice formal chat and a get to know you and more comfortable. They're the t- types of interviews that you're going to get a lot more out of a candidate than if you go in being a bit of a hard ass, really. So that's a very tough situation because we both know that particular employer has had, like you said, some internal changes and there's some kind of hostility in terms of, that that did the interview but how can they assume and we've had other clients like this before who have been very bad during the interview how can they assume that they can get away with behavior like that when if the candidate did that they would turn them down shut them down without any other words spoken you know exactly could you imagine in an interview if a candidate took a phone call or if a candidate pushed back a little bit and showed a bit of sort of aggression or like was yeah. a bit hostile, like they get shut down straight away. But why is it that a client can do that? I guess, again, it's that kind of power play, isn't it? Some people just get off on having that kind of authoritative figure and getting away with things like that. They go, well, I've earned this. I've earned this kind of lackluster behaviour from, you know, the years I've put into this role, what have you done? You haven't shown me that yet. And it's like, yeah. well, you could be talking to the bloody president. You don't know. Exactly. <laughs> and this is the other thing that I get really frustrated at. If someone, for example, they've sort of, they're leaving, but yet they're interviewing their replacement. Yeah. That does not work. Mm-mm. Because no one's ever going to be as good as them in that role. No one's ever going to measure up to them. And then also two people in that organisation going to the person that's leaving with, oh, here's a candidate, what do you think? Well, of course, they're, oh, no, they're not good enough. Like if you're going, okay, I get it, like do the handover, but maybe sort of take yourself out of the interview process and out of that screening process because there is so much bias there. Would you agree with that? I would, or I would say have your management or whoever helped you in the role also come on and do the interview process with you so that there's two different opinions because Mm. you know you can have an opinion about someone and I actually did some research about this the other day but 
it only takes 2.6 or 2.5 seconds to make a first impression and that impression lasts eight mm. consecutive um, encounters later. So wow. let's say you get on a call with someone and then I'm coming in a bit later because I've got like a meeting to wrap up or something. You can have a very bad opinion about that person. And then I come in and I have a very good opinion. And mm. then they could be a really good person, but you've just got a really bad impression and you're like, oh, I'm not sure about them. But then I've got a different opinion because we've had different kinds of encounters. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah it, it, it takes more than one person to form a logical opinion about someone because, you know, wars have been started because of one person. Exactly. And they could have been avoided, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, I just, yeah. And with this role, like, once that person is gone, mm. then there is no one there. Like, you sort of think about all the other candidates that have already gone through that process. Well, the person that interviews them is not there. The person that's made the decision whether or not they're going to go to interviews is not there. So you're really missing out on good candidates because it's not, I don't know, it just feels that it's not an equal playing field. I think if you you need to step out of it or, yeah, as you say, have someone else there who is a bit more of a decision maker in that role. Yeah. So I guess we'll hear about more about what you should do a little bit later, but we can fit this in as well. But I've got some horror stories, Kate. Yay! I love it when you get the horror stories. So, yeah, let's hear them. Do you want me to share the stories with you or do you want me to just say them out loud to you and you just react? Yeah, yeah, yeah. say them out loud and I'll react. Cool. I'm good, I'm good at reacting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one is two paragraphs long, but it's a little bit short. So, okay. Yeah. I applied online for five jobs a few days ago. I was in a rush, so on a job seeker's website, I applied only for jobs that had a click here to apply now option that would automatically send off my CV. I'm rarely hopeful and I rarely get a response, but two days ago, I got a phone call from a blocked number late in the evening. I mm. answered, expecting to hear an automated voice to tell me I'm one of many UK homeowners to have an claimed insurance or whatever. Instead, I got a pleasant Scottish man asking if I applied for a job at so-and-so. Yeah. Um, yes, I answered. Great, I'll interview you on Wednesday at the job centre near my address. Mm -hmm. See you then. Everything he said was clear, except what job I was interviewing for. It could honestly be any of the five jobs, including cleaner, retail, administrative assistant, commission salesman or constructive equipment or a mystery caller. But I have no idea. I have no idea what job it is I applied for. So I can't do any research into whatever the business is beforehand. Yeah. I got into the interview and it was none of the jobs above. Someone <laughs> had put in my CV to a mystery business and I had no idea what the interview was for. The interviewer burst out and told me I was not behaving as he had expected and kicked me out of the interview. <laughs> okay, so this falls a bit on both parts. That, mm -hmm. Like if I have anyone apply, well, when I have, that sounds really bad, but when I have people apply for a role, I'll ring them and introduce myself and say, I received your resume or you applied for the role and I tell them the role and the platform or wherever it was so that we're all on the same page. So 
really in that case then the client has to sort of take a bit of onus but also too the candidate probably should have said which role is this mm-hmm. what's the company name like so yeah. but Okay, so, okay, take that aside from it. But even when they get to the interview, surely the client or the interviewer should have said, okay, this is, we're talking about this role. And then it sort of gives the candidate the opportunity to go, oh, well, how did you come across my resume and start the conversation that way? So there's there's a little bit of onus on both people there. Yeah, and I would say as a person waiting for a call, especially late in the evening, wouldn't you introduce yourself like, hi, this is so-and-so from so-and-so? exactly yeah. yeah you want to just be like well how did he start the conversation off did the person on the other end just miss the details of the call you know like you want to just be like hi did you apply for so-and-so he didn't even say that he was like hi did you apply for a job how yeah exactly, exactly and that's the thing like I just that's where yeah the, the client needs to go this is so-and-so from whatever company I got your resume blah 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 I've got this role like that's yeah I would and this think that was like um, someone, like some random person came across yeah. my application somehow or my address somehow and knew I was applying for jobs and asked me to come meet them and I'll be dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. I get yeah, the no. feeling this was a man because I don't think, a, I don't yeah. know if this is bad of me to say, but as a woman, I would be very careful who I would meet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, women, women wouldn't do that. We we communi- we over communicate. Yeah, to the point where my boyfriend's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> That's what my husband says. He's like, "You've used your word count for the day. <laughs> Zip it." <laughs> oh my god. Oh, what other ones have we got? Okay, so this one I haven't previously read, so this is totally new to me as well. Mm-hmm. The interviewer seemed like she was barely paying attention. She would ask me a question, then sort of stare into space until she didn't hear my voice and then ask another question that wasn't on topic. Finally, she asked me if I had any questions for her. I asked, what is a typical day in the life of the position? This woman went from zero to peed off in an instant. She ranted about candidates asking about hours worked and no one has any ambition. She was red in the face and there was a spit flying from her mouth as she spoke. Ugh. As oh. soon as I could get a word in, I explained my question, which was not about starting in end times. After that, she had calmed down as fast as she got angry and answered the question. I left after that and sat in my car for a few minutes trying to figure out what had just happened. Mm. Weird. Wow. See, I think there's, there's an underlying issue there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like either the job description that they put on isn't clear enough about the duties and the role, what the responsibilities are and, you know, start and end times and things like that. I feel like the JD itself is to blame and also her attitude. If they're always getting mm. that kind of question, either the job description isn't descriptive enough mm. or it's not getting in quality candidates yeah. that have that attitude that she's looking for. Or maybe she's just better. Who knows? Mm, I'd say it's. A bit, I'd say she's probably been burnt or, yeah, there's, there's mm. yeah, that's the underlying issue there because to go off like that and also, yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have to put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I would not work for them. Again, I think we kind of skimmed past this as well, but when a client acts out on their interview themselves 
to me as a candidate, that would reflect their um, later attitude if I was going to accept the position and I would not feel comfortable working for someone like that. Oh, absolutely. And I think I always sort of get my candidates to ask questions around like what's the management style and this and that. And if mm-hmm. clients get offended by that or react, like that shows you there and then that, you know, you don't want to work there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because people talk. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And it's really interesting. People don't necessarily talk about the good experiences, but if there's been a bad experience, they shout it from the rooftops and get on every single social media platform they can and rant about it. So you'll hear about it if it's bad. Yes, really bad. Um, Okay, I've got another one, but it's quite long and I don't know what it's about. Are you ready? Yeah. So we'll do this one and then we'll talk about all the good things people should do. Yes, exactly. Okay. I worked in a bar for 12 years. Over Mm -hmm. the course of those 12 years, we had a patron we call Jane. Jane could almost pass for a normal, for normal, sorry, until you talked to her. She was late 40s, was there every single night hooking up with whoever would have her and she'd leave her kid at home with her live-in 20-something boyfriend Oh, I should mention, we are a karaoke bar. Jane would make a habit out of pilfering out, uh, sorry, pilfering our karaoke CDs. I don't know if this is about, okay, I think it is about a job eventually. Okay, sorry, bear with me. Yeah, eventually we got sick of it and I told Jane to take her hike, to take, sorry, to take, oh my God, I can't talk today. I told Jane to take a hike, but not before she kept bringing down some guy to harass me on a weekly basis. Now I was working in a bar because I had been laid off from tech a few years earlier. Mm. One of my friends worked for this company called Facebook and got me lined up for an interview. So I'm talking to the interviewer. Oh, you work at Bamboo, huh? I know a lady that used to hang out there. Her name is Jane. Instantly, I knew I wasn't getting the job. He kept asking me loaded questions about, after loaded question, things there are no way that an answer sorry what things that are no way this is sorry but this is badly written this is not me this time things (laughs) that are things that have no answer to I think they're trying to say yeah the one that sticks out the most was let's say you are at a remote office at and Zuckerberg we all know Zuckerberg yeah and just got off the plane he drops a laptop down on the desk and says I have a presentation in 10 minutes my laptop is dead what do you do I go through all the normal stuff, check the power button. The interviewer said, no, that's not the right answer. I again, I again said another answer, check the power supply. No, that's not the right answer. Um, the screen is still black. Um, plug it into an external monitor. No, hmm. it's completely fried. Um, I take out the hard drive and I put in the USB enclosure. No, everything is fried, it's dead. You answered this question wrong. I thought for a minute, if this computer is completely dead, why don't I just tell him that? No, you can't do that either. Then what is the answer? There is no answer. I just wanted to see how you would handle it. Kind of blows. Yeah, kind of blows because it would have been at a time where I could have gotten some feed. Oh, sorry. I keep messing this up. Uh, Kind of blows because it would have been at a time I would have gotten some Facebook stock and cashed out big time by now. Mm. okay that's it 
Right. Okay. Yeah, weird. Okay. So by the sounds of that, again, the, the client asking those sorts of questions, sort of fishing and looking for an answer but then shutting down but then not even saying what the right answer is. Yeah, and that isn't even a right answer. I just wanted to see what you would have done in that situation. Well, there's so many other ways to ask a question like that to see how they think and how they, what, like, yeah, rather than that. And if it's and if it's a situation that doesn't have a right answer, which, you why know, ask? yeah, why ask it? Mm. Yeah, and this is the thing, like, I have some clients that sort of say to me, oh, I ask them, what their knowledge or their experience was around a certain topic to see if they knew what they're talking about. Well, that is completely fine, but it's they're not asking them a loaded question that has no answer. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. surely you ask that kind of question. There isn't a right answer, I guess. There's potential answers. <clears throat> Excuse me. There are potentially good answers and maybe there's a really great answer that you haven't even thought of yourself because people work in different mm. ways. But... You don't ask that question and then say, no, that's not the right answer because yeah. it's their scenario. You know, you don't have a right answer for it. That's it. That's just like, that's just setting them up for failure. Yeah. So yeah. looking at these, um, what should a candidate do in a job interview? Yeah. So look, we'll skip over the common sense ones of turning up early well, not turning up early, but I always say get there about 10 minutes early. Yeah, exactly. So you can relax, gather your thoughts, and also to get a feel for the environment, like particularly if you're waiting in like the reception area or things like that, you can just get a feel for what it's like, seeing people coming in, coming out, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, research the company so that you can actually, particularly if you can find things out that you can bring up at interview is always a good thing because a question most of them will always ask is what do you know about us or why yeah. do you want to work for us and it's good that you need to have an answer rather than go I don't know because I need a job yeah <laughs> probably not a good one um so yeah research the company research the role and hopefully they've either given you a position description or if you've gone through a recruiter they've given you the position description or prepped you so that you know the ins and outs of the role yeah um, so, yeah, definitely that one. And then always be honest at interview. Um, same as with your resume. <laughs> you always be honest with your resume because if you're not, it will come out down the track. Um, and have some questions prepared that you're going to ask, particularly sort of at the end of the interview because they always sort of say, have you got any questions? And I always say have two or three questions that you're going to ask the yeah. client. Yeah. Um, anything you can add? um I would say obviously dress professionally that's a big one um and the only thing I would add I guess it's not during the interview but it's prior and after the interview is if you can figure out who the interviewer are or is if the, if you can figure out who the interviewers are there we go good grammar holly jesus um <laughs> then I would send them a little email to say, looking forward to the interview on this day and that day. Um, yeah. Maybe ask like, is there anything you would like me to prepare for? Or um, even ask one of your questions that you've got lined up so that they know that you're ambitious and that you are serious about the job. And mm -hmm. then after the interview, um, as well as emailing them, anyone else who you didn't have 
on your email list that was in the interview, email them as well just to thank them and send them a personalized email. Don't just like send one big email to everyone to say yeah. thanks. Send a personalized email um, mentioning maybe something that you said prior to the interview, during the interview, after the interview and like how good it was and how impressed you were about the building and you're so excited to hear back from them and blah, blah, blah. Because it's just going to put them in, it's going to put you in their mind. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I always think, and even with that, obviously don't write war and peace and keep it professional. Yeah, 100%. So in a client, as the interviewer, what mm-hmm. would you say is the is a good practice to have? Um, don't book interviews back to back with hard with with not a lot of time in between because things can happen. The interview can run over, candidates can can run late, those sorts of things. You don't want to cram it in, so it feels like you're rushing through it. Mm-hmm. Um, be present. The candidate has taken time out to turn up. To, to go to the interview so give them your time show them that respect and don't be watching the clock or looking at the phone or taking calls or just not there just just be present um show that respect I think is a, is a big one and don't set the candidate up for failure by asking questions that have no answer or being aggressive and over the top and trying to catch them out um that's yeah the interview process is not the time to do that no no way um I don't know the like some people would argue oh but the job requires someone who um can work well under pressure and things like that but there's a million other ways to um test that I guess or asking them about their experiences and things like that the interview is not the time to do it because they're just going to get a bad impression of you Exactly. And this is a thing, like, and as we've sort of said in, in other podcasts, like the market is, it's a candidate market at the moment. If the client or whoever's doing the interview leaves a bad impression, the candidate can go, you know what, I don't want to go there. I'm yeah. going somewhere else. And that's, I think people need to be aware of that when they're going through that interview process. And you're spot on in terms of there's other ways to test how they deal under pressure. There's like obviously all the personality testings, um, yeah. psychometric testing, all of that sort of stuff that if you sort of think, oh, there could be something, like how do they deal with that, put them through that sort of an assessment, not yeah. a grilling at interview or maybe look at doing sort of a two-round interview and have different yeah. people in the interview, things like that. And I think that's that's a more professional way to do it. Yeah, I remember when I was interviewing for a particular job, working with kids, um, you have to kind of think on, think on your feet a lot. And there was a two-day interview process for that job. Wow. And yeah, one of the uh, tasks that we had was to work in a team. You only had 15 minutes to complete an entire lesson plan from start to finish. Wow. And then, yeah, each group would... Um, take one part of that lesson plan so let's say there's four groups group one would take the introduction and the second group would take on the like ABCs or whatever it was because they're very young kids you're basically Mm. teaching them English from scratch Um, but they wouldn't tell you which part of the lesson plan you would do so it kind of is a very unique way of doing it under pressure because you've got to think on your feet and also working in a group and also being 
um, appropriate for the age and things like that. It, it was a hard bloody task, but thankfully we did the introduction. So yeah. <laughs> we just set up the marks and that was good. <laughs> Wow. But so, yeah, that's a pressure cooker environment right there. Oh, my God. Especially when there's 20 potential candidates. And um, this is off the right track. I'm sorry. But um, there was one person there who had done the interview process three times. And the, you can only go for that job three times. If you fail three times, you can never apply again. Or you have to, like, wait three years or something like that. Oh, wow. I have heard mm-hmm. of similar ones like that. But, yeah, it's I think... I would like to get into the police force. I think it was, yeah, you'd had a certain amount of times and if you didn't fail, you had to wait 12 months or something like that. But It's ridiculous. Yeah, that guy had tried and that was his third time and he failed again because mm. um, they split us up into two groups, one who was asked to come back with the others who were taken outside and we didn't see them again. So we can only assume. Oh. <laughs> we were like, oh, no, poor Sam. Yeah, and see, that even that's a daunting process as well. Like when they do the big intakes and going through that interview process that's mm-hmm. that's a tricky one and I think to bring it back to sort of what clients should do is not be biased have an open mind and particularly if you're interviewing your replacement or someone to work alongside keep keep an open mind yeah 100% that's that's a big one um, yeah so I think we've covered off heaps today in that one I think we did yeah oh, I'm all talked out <laughs> After all your reading. <laughs> so, Kate, if anyone wants to learn about the right way to have an interview, whether they're the candidate or the client, where can they find you? Yeah, so the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. So Kate Flippens, F-L-I-P-P-E-N-C-E. And you can go and check out my latest videos that are on there that are talking about mm-hmm. uh, what not to do Um as a client and a candidate and then I also do talk about what to do so keep an eye on that over the next few weeks they'll be coming out um if you yeah want to get in touch and, and have and yeah send me an email my email is kate at alignrecruiting.com.au and yeah I'd be more than happy to have a chat and see if I can give you any tips or tricks and Holly where can people find you so you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, just search Holly Alloway, which is H-O-L-L-Y-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. From there, you can find a link to my website, which is auroradigitalmarketingsolutions.com. On there, there's a ton of freebies for website optimization, content creation, and many, many more. And if you want to email me, it's holly at auroradigitalmarketingsolutions.com. Perfect. Wow. I think you could say that any faster. <laughs> I'll try next time. (laughs) And also, too, don't forget our Instagram page and Facebook page. Please jump on there. Check out all the hard work that Holly does with that one Um, (laughs) because Instagram and I, we don't get on. (laughs) And if you want to comment on any of the topics we've talked about or add your suggestions or even join us on a podcast, um, yeah, we'd love to have you. Yeah, we're getting a few people interested in coming on. So Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to jump on and give us your opinions about things that we're talking about. We'd love to hear from you. Perfect. Well, I think that's a wrap. I think that is a wrap. All right. Thank you so much, Kate. That's all right. Thanks, Holly. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.